Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Code Untapped Tech Talk. I'm Ez. And I'm Jay. And we're going to be discussing everything coding, tech, and startup related. So, hi, guys. Welcome back again. So, it's another Code Untapped podcast. I think it's uh, episode 23. 23, is it? That's a lot. I don't realize we've done so many. Ez, mate. They go, we're going through them. We're going through them. So, this oh. one's, this one's going to be an interesting one, actually. Is it? Yes, Why is that? <laughs> because it's it's something that a lot of startups face yeah the problem with um starting a startup in a regulated space yeah because <laughs> yeah. i mean easy. the thing is because with a startup you've got loads of blockers anyway yeah yeah and without the space that you're being in being regulated as well that yeah. is just like why would you do it right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> First of all, you know, it's hard enough being a startup. So why would you attempt to start a startup in a regulated space? So this is, I think this is an interesting one because mm. if there's usually what we say, if there's a if there's a problem, yeah, yeah there's an opportunity. Yeah. 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 And especially if that problem is a problem that there's, there's is associated with also a market fit. Yeah. 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 So I, I think it's a good one for us to explore this one this week. Yeah, definitely. So why would you build a startup in a regulated space? So I did build a startup in a regulated space. So um, Neighbor was an online lending startup. And mm-hmm. so we were regulated by the FCA, so the Financial yeah. Conduct Authority. And you have different regulators depending on which sector you work in. Contrary to common belief or popular belief, most companies, most sectors are regulated in some way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's just how far do you have to go to appease that regulator and are there specific um, requirements you need to meet or specific um, permissions that you need to get to be able to operate within that sector Mm. okay Um, so you can be a fintech that doesn't need to be regulated if for example you have a technology platform that just enables activities and doesn't hold client money doesn't provide advice or guidance or anything along those lines mm. it's simply an enabling tool mm. yeah but one of the key things about or why would you operate in a regulatory space sometimes because you have no option if you want to build a product in this space you need to be regulated yeah right and but the other thing is that regulation creates barriers to entry it increases friction these are all things that by the way are done to protect customers yeah. so i'm not saying they're bad things i'm just saying what they the the impact they have mm-hmm. those are all opportunities to create growth and generate revenue if you can overcome those barriers if you can solve for some of those frictions mm-hmm. there's an opportunity for you to generate growth as well as creating potential barriers for other people to overtake you. So one of the questions we always ask when we look at a startup is, um, what is your USP, your unique selling points? Mm -hmm. What barriers are there to other people just doing doing what you're doing? What are the defensive moats around your business that Mm -hmm. means some other company won't be able to just overtake you? Mm -hmm. And actually, regulation can be a really critical piece to that because Mm -hmm. If that regulation is particularly onerous or challenging, it may just be too much work mm. for other startups to attempt to do the same. We mm. saw this in the peer-to-peer lending space. Mm. Um, that was a wild, wild west, mm. unregulated. 
Then the FCA decided they want to get their hands around it. And pretty much no one could start a, a peer-to-peer lending company for a period of time until the FCA decided exactly how they were going to regulate it. And they put in a series of protections, hurdles and barriers to stop anyone from doing it. Mm. Um, An interesting point you raised there is because presumably then if 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 a particular space is onerous mm-hmm. yeah, and your startup has yeah, surmounted those barriers, yeah. yeah that could potentially make you attractive absolutely yeah, yeah from an acquisition perspective absolutely because you know the person doesn't want to go through that pain and you've done yeah. it for them yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a common um approach for companies who are looking to grow into international markets to acquire businesses who already have the regulatory permissions in that market that you require in that market mm. exactly so you might be a financial a financial services firm in the UK you want to expand into, let's say, uh, the US. So you find a company in a US state that already adheres to their FDA regulations, for example. Mm. Um, I think FDA is food, yeah. but um, SEC yeah. regulations, uh, Securities Exchange Commission, mm. and you buy them. Mm. And by doing so, you now have those, well, not your core entity, but mm. you own an entity that now has those permissions and you can operate in that space. Mm-hmm. So it's often an approach that's taken. So. Yeah. Having those regulations or so having those regulatory permissions can act as a value add to your business, or even in some cases, a minimum floor to the value of your company. Yeah, which is good. Which is a useful thing. Mm. So tell us a bit more about Neighbor because that journey, that was an interesting journey mm. from the start. And um, how did you approach being regulated by the FCA in that space? Yeah, so it was difficult for us because. We initially wanted to be um, a peer-to-peer company, mm-hmm. which was one of those newly unregulated spaces. And the way you got into it, there was a, I can't remember the name of the authority that existed before the FCA. The FCA was a fairly recent mm. um, invention, but there was an organization before that mm. that took care of all of this. And you could actually uh, get your permissions fairly easily, depending mm. on which box you ticked on the form. Mm. But then when the FCA took over, they basically reassessed mm. all of this and decided they were going to put all the um uh the peer-to-peer companies through through their paces mm. as it were um so we you had to transition your permissions from one to the other and so we had to work very very closely with the fca mm. in order to understand what were the requirements what how might those requirements change and think about um regulatory bodies they really tell you what you need to do right They'll just tell you these are the regulations, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's up to you to, to figure out <laughs> what is it that you need to do to ensure that you won't get fined mm. because you breached from those regulations. Mm. They won't tell you that what you're going to do will breach the regulation. They will mm. just tell you this is what the regulation is. Mm. But so, then later on, mm-hmm. when you get an audit, they will then tell you you have breached the regulation. <laughs> you haven't done because you haven't done X, Y, Z. So you have to be very, very careful. Mm. I think one of the things that benefited us as an organization, actually, is we went through an audit by KPMG very, very early on to our, mm-hmm. our growth experience. And that was largely because um, one of our anchor clients, an organization called Police Mutual, mm. in order to work with us, insisted that we did a, KP- a full KPMG audit. Mm-hmm. And that whole process really helped us get a lot of our... Um, get the ship in order mm. in essence and obviously there's more to regulation than just being an auditable mm. company 
but it was almost having to dot the i's cross the t's mm. really helped us get the right structures in place and the rest of it and then we put in place a um what's the word a compliance team as mm. well who had very strong connections with the fca in fact one of our compliance team members was ex-fca which helped us a lot with a having lines into the fca mm. and knowing who to speak to mm. but also having someone who could look at what we were doing and say well maybe you should think about this maybe you should think about that that's probably not a good idea this mm. is going to be a problem for you mm. and those things really helped us when we were getting those permissions mm. as we went forwards and that you, you can do things like um borrow permissions from other organizations mm. um I, there's a there's a key term for it I, um I, I can never remember what it is but basically you come under their umbrella yeah um they're the trusted authority or something yeah. along those lines i can't mm-hmm. remember the name of the term right now and basically they have the permissions they then agree to in essence license you underneath mm. their permission so that you can then mm. um operate but obviously you pay them a fee exactly for doing yeah that. I mean, and it's not cheap right so no. Ultimately, you want to get your own permissions because that gives you more freedoms, more capability. Mm. Um, but you do that over time. Mm. I mean, from my perspective, I, I mean, I'm always thinking about. I've always got one eye on the on the budget. Is mm. yeah. So, how do you even go about working out how to resource the activity of you know being regulated in a space? Because yeah. that would just be you know. As as you know, when you're working at your financial models, mm-hmm. they are just that financial models until yeah. you until you actually start seeing traction and see, they don't you know yeah. yeah nothing sort of set in stone until you actually the proof is in the proof is in the eating as it were. Yeah. So then, how do you then factor in and incorporate you know the budget that's required to get? Is it only bringing in somebody who has that experience? How, what, what's the process yeah. for doing something that, like that? That is a really, really good question, actually. And I'd say it's a combination of things. One, have some good advisors around you who've been through the process mm-hmm. and can tell you how that costing typically works, what kind of activities you're going to have to drive, what things you're going to need to do, what your team needs to look like. Mm. Um, have someone on the team mm. who, who's been through it and gets it. Yeah and can really help with that budgeting process the other thing is be in regular contact with the regulators yes and get uh, very early indications of what that process looks like and what you need to do mm. there are actually some really good places now so so the fca set up uh, what they refer to as the regulatory sandbox mm. in partnership with uh, innovate finance a number of years ago which really allows for new entrants into the market to operate within a safe space, even though they don't have those regulations mm. yet, but they work with a limited supply of customers. Mm. There's so many, there's certain things they can do, can't mm. do, allows them to prove their model. So you can get it right. Having to go through the burden of mm. getting fully regulated mm. until they're in a position to do so. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't tell you that every regulator offers that particular mm. capability. But those are some of the more creative solutions you can use to resolve that problem. Because it is a real chicken mm, egg it is. issue for some. So basically what you're saying is try and build a relationship with the Absolutely. regulator that, and try and be as transparent as possible. A hundred percent. I think some people are afraid to speak to the regulator because they mm. think they're going to get shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the regulator's job. Yeah. The regulator's job is to protect customers. Mm. That's their job, right? It's all, It's funny because as a... <laughs> As a, sometimes as a founder, especially when you're speaking to 
uh, even like you're speaking to investors, you almost told the thing, you know, every word costs you money. But actually, <laughs> it might it's probably the opposite with the regulator. You probably want to be as you want to seem to be as open and as transparent as possible. Absolutely. So the, the, you don't want to be the problem child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is not the place you want to be when dealing with a regulator. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is when you've been operating without the appropriate controls for mm. regulation, then that becomes a very scary place to be. Yeah, because that's so easily shut down. Absolutely. So yeah. it's about being open and transparent, but from a very early stage. Yeah. Communicate with them, talk with them, find get a liaison officer, mm. find out who's the individual you should have regular communication with, mm. and then just see where you go from there. Mm. So I know, Yon, you're in the fintech space, but mm. you're not actually doing anything with client money yes that's correct yeah at the moment and that's and that's and we took that as a conscious decision Mm -hmm. because we knew that you know the extra resources that you have to you have to put in to be regulated in that space and you know and when we had we had a small capacity a small team so so much you can do exactly so for us it made sense to effectively outsource those services that required us to be regulated. Exactly. So for us, we had payments gateway, for instance. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you talked about the um you talked about essentially borrowing somebody's regulated status. Mm-hmm. And that happens very much in the fintech world, yeah. in, in particular with like PCI compliance. Yeah. Yeah. Because PCI compliance is is how your is how your platform or app or whatever utilizes credit card information yeah. for instance yeah? yeah and if you use uh regulated gateways or payment providers and stuff like that they will be pci yeah they will be pci regulated exactly and if you conform to their way of interacting with yeah. their platform then you fall under their regulation and, and, and you're compliant as well Absolutely. and so yes yeah, so, so we've been familiar with that and it's it's very good to understand those things because like PCR compliance, for instance, is a long, lengthy process. Yeah. Which exactly. costs thousands and thousands of pounds. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So you just make sure you just <laughs> be very careful not to take any credit card details <laughs> or store any of that. Yeah. Just give exactly. that to someone else. It's your problem. You can still do payments, but yeah, yeah, yeah. doing that piece of the pie. Exactly. And that's that's the way you do business. Right? Yeah, exactly. Until there's a time when you know your business can actually absorb that, yeah, and that's your actual roadmap exactly. as well, because it might not be your roadmap, 100%. and it might never be your roadmap. No, absolutely, yeah. So, and so this is something that's interesting. Um, was there a decision for because Nabel was regulated? Yes. Yeah? Is there was there a crossroads when you could have actually taken the decision to maybe outsource the regulatory part of what you did in any think, way? Well, the thing is, as a lender. Mm-hmm. There was no way because you handled cash. Because we were we handled the cash and we did the lending. Mm. We weren't just a brokerage, yeah. right? So we did the lending. Even as a brokerage, you still have aspects mm. that you have to focus on, right? Um, it's just they're less onerous. Um, but uh, we we didn't do we did all the lending, so we had to be regulated. It was just do we get regulated under the peer to peer permissions or just regular lending? Mm. And actually, at one point, we made the decision. It was almost made for us. It actually was made for us by um, the partners we were working with who were providing institutional capital to lend. It made no more, no sense for us to continue to be a peer-to-peer lender, mm. at which point we just became a standard balance sheet lender, mm-hmm. really, is what we were. Mm. Um, so we still had to be regulated, but it meant we took a different pathway. Mm. But one of the key things about getting regulated is, it, like I said, it gives you um, optionality. 
you might not have. And it builds in a certain value to your business as well. Mm. It doesn't always mean you're going to win, but it can be beneficial to your business to have that. Mm. So I'm going to I'm going to take it in reverse then. So I'm going to say, what would be if there's what's to say the number three number three or number one thing that you definitely shouldn't do definitely shouldn't do within a regulated space? Uh, Ignore the regulator. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, every regulated space is different, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But I'd say the number one thing is if you're not sure about it ask yeah find out don't just go the idea of break it and then fix it doesn't work with doesn't work with regulators they are not interested in Mm. that approach whatsoever Mm. you can't just say oh we 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 messed up this customer account oops sorry (laughs) right but they're they're gonna get upset Mm. right so if you're not sure about it find out, communicate, ask, find out who you need to talk to, get mm. the advice and guidance, and then make a decision. Mm. And on the converse then, what are the three things that you think you would that you should definitely do, the three practices that you would encourage anybody in a regulated space to do? Uh, um, firstly, uh, get a sense of whether you need to be regulated. Yeah. Right? So speak to the regulator um or speak to other companies like yours find out whether they were regulated when they mm-hmm. needed to that's probably your first point of call mm-hmm. if you discover that yes this type of business does need to be regulated speak to the regulator contact them find out what is it that we need to do and then thirdly make sure you've got good advisors around you who know mm-hmm. the space and can help walk you through the pitfalls because even if you think you're regulated and mm-hmm. you think you've done everything you can still find out that there are mistakes that have been made because they don't audit you immediately yeah, and go, okay, you have done everything. <laughs> yeah. Your company is clean. Yeah. You are regulated, yeah. right? It might be that there's something in there that got missed and all mm. of a sudden mm. you get into trouble. So, and you see that a lot, don't you? In the oh, you do. Yeah. You do. Especially with financial services yeah. companies. Two years down the line. Two three years down the line. We're seeing it you already. Did, yeah, so you didn't send a statement. You didn't do And they're regulated entities. Mm. Right? Yeah, they are regulated entities. So yeah. I think it it's really comes down to those things. Yeah. And that's an interesting one because we, I mean, both of us were from the uh, financial services space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the one thing that we were always was always jumped into us is that you know the reputational risk. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So talk to us a bit about the reputational risk. I mean, what, what does that mean? What 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 are the implications of 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 you know? It's big in the financial. So to be honest, to be fair, as a big company, you can survive yeah. reputational risk, right? Um, you've got enough cash, enough clients that you might take a hit, mm-hmm. but you can survive. For a smaller company, reputational risk can be devastating mm. because it's really your reputation that you're trading on. And it's that that's the thing that enables you to get into these other deals. Mm. When they do their due diligence on you, if they see there's a red flag against you for X, Y, Z reason, that could be enough for them to say, too high risk, it's not worth it. Because mm. they're already taking a risk yeah. on you as a yeah. startup. Yeah. Why would they continue? Mm. Right. So that regulatory risk piece is, is a real problem. But on top of that, you might find the regulators will no longer authorize you, right? You might find, which then means you don't have a business. You might find that you get fined and you now need to pay a significant fee yeah. to your users or to any, or to, sorry, to the regulator or reimburse cash to mm-hmm. your users. 
that significantly impact the bottom line and the financial health of your business, which again can end up with you ending having no business. Mm. So reputational risk is really important mm. in this space because it impacts so many things as a young company. It impacts mm. everyone, but as a young company, it can be particularly damaging, mm. right? Mm. So as I think this one has been really, really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Everyone's falling asleep. Yeah, yeah. The regulators. <laughs> Apart from the regulators who are listening, going, mm, what are they up to? <laughs> so I think actually, it's a, is there anything you would like to say, yeah, in part on our listeners, and in particular, um, in particular those startups looking to do, you know, something really interesting and exciting in the regulatory space that you yeah. that you just like to give them before we uh, before we yeah, go. I guess I'd say don't don't be afraid to to work with the regulator or in a regulated space. Um, there are serious opportunities there, mm, yeah. right? And uh, if you get it right, you can you can do really really well. Mm. And uh, it's not impossible. It's just it really is just iterative. Try again, try again, try again. Keep working with them until you get to the result that you need. One thing I will say is don't treat the regulator as an enemy or as someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. Mm. Too many founders go, I've got this great idea. The regulator says that doesn't work. No, no, I'm right. We're <laughs> going to try and make, don't do that. It's, <laughs> it's never going to work, right? So <laughs> don't do it. Listen to what the regulator says. And if you need to modify your business model, do that. Mm. You know? Yeah. Excellent. So um, as I think, it's a good point to wrap up there and brilliant yeah please let us know if there's anything that you want to talk to us about yeah. or you want us to talk to you about in these podcasts and we'll be bringing on more guests in a Absolutely. future in future series so yeah so guys take it easy take it easy